Today is Friday, August 26, 2022. This is Quick Start from CBN News. I'm Dan Andros. It's been six months since Russia invaded Ukraine. We'll have the very latest there and more on today's podcast where we bring you news with a Christian perspective. If you agree with that mission, you can help, subscribe, give us a rating, share it with a friend. You know what to do. Let's get through the news of the Cray together with me, as always, to help get through it. Billy Hallowell, Trey Gones Phillips from CBN's Faith Wire. Happy Friday to you guys. What's going on? Man, what a week. We're all to the weekend so we can rest and relax and then get right back into it again. A lot coming up on the podcast today. A Chinese pop star speaking out boldly about their faith. Incredible story there. We'll go through the details on that. And on the main thing, as I just mentioned, we're six months in to Russia invading Ukraine. So where do things stand? John Stolness gets those details from CBN's George Thomas, who spent several months there on the ground and gave us incredible reporting. And so he's going to give us the latest on that. But first, we are going to go through the news. In 90 seconds, U.S. Magistrate Judge Bruce Reinhardt yesterday ordered the Justice Department to unseal and make public that redacted version of the affidavit used for the FBI's raid of Trump's Mar-a-Lago home. And they have to do it by today at noon. This comes after the government. They filed their proposed redactions yesterday, and it didn't take long for the judge to make his call. Well, following months of speculation over whether Novak Djokovic would be able to compete at the U.S. Open this month because of his vaccine status, the 21-time Grand Slam champion, he confirmed yesterday that he won't be making it to New York, and he said it was a result of travel restrictions that prevent any non-citizen of the U.S. from entering without having received the COVID-19 vaccine. And FBI agents were allegedly stopped by their superiors from looking into the Hunter Biden laptop scandal just ahead of the 2020 election. This according to a whistleblower. And Liberty Divinity Student has made the finals of NBC's American Ninja Warrior. Those are just some of the headlines happening today, and you can check out more over at CBNnews.com. Trey and Billy, I think... We all kind of knew this watching the Hunter Biden laptop thing come about when people were being banned from Twitter for bringing it up. It was very clearly political, and I guess we're starting to see some confirmation of that. Well, yeah, and I think that a lot of the claims people have had about bias in different avenues, whether it was at colleges or media, that is all becoming much more painfully clear. In the past, it was was really sort of under the radar. People would make these anecdotal claims. Everybody would say they were crazy. But the problem with the social media element of it with the, with Hunter and other cases is that not only is it contained and restrained in the media, it then isn't really able to be talked about on social media, which is the only other place that you really could talk about it in a public venue. So um, that that to me is the troubling piece is like, where do you, where do you go for the truth if the truth is contained in those places? Yeah. Yeah. Well, we live in a culture now where you get all of your information from one place uh, and now all of the gatekeepers, which is the internet, and now all the gatekeepers for these conversations are all heavily tilted in one direction politically. Uh, So I think the uh, the natural evolution there is what's going to end up being censored. Yeah. Uh, Even if it's not intentional, the conversation that's going to be censored, that's going to be, you know, lopsided in one direction is always going to be pro the left, unfortunately. Yeah. And it's it's just becoming more and more important too to speak out on these issues, because whether you agree or not, the principle we should agree on is freedom of speech and the ability to say things. 
I think it becomes problematic for obvious reasons when you start seeing whatever the issue, hey, you can't speak out or challenge this idea or this quote-unquote fact proposed by the government. I mean, you can see the problem that is you end up like China. Places like that, if you if you follow the logic train long enough, you will get there to where everything has to be government approved and then you're trusting the government to be a benign ruler over all of its people. And we've all seen through history how that ends. So, but speaking of China, I mean, Billy, that's where we're going to focus in here on a pop star here who is really being bold about their faith. And um, given the context of everything going on there, it's it's really quite remarkable. So, so who is this star? Yeah, this is, her name is Jem, and her real name is Dang Ziki, and she has been, um, really performing for a number of years now. 2014, she was on a show in China called I'm a Singer 2, kind of like American Idol here. Mm. And that really was her starting point, but her career took off, skyrocketed her to fame. Um, she's been called China's Taylor Swift. I think she's the first artist in China to have over 200 million YouTube views. So this is a this is a big star. It would be like Taylor Swift becoming a Christian and talking about faith. Um, and, and so that's who she is. She's 31 years old and she's really been really bold with her Christian faith. And so what has she been saying? What has she actually done that's kind of causing people to sort of take notice that this is a Christian, this is a person of faith. Yeah, it's interesting. Christianity Today did a piece on her this week, and they called her latest song. It's called Gloria. They said it's, quote, courageous. Mm-hmm. You know, keep in mind China, what you were just talking about, the issues that we know of persecution in China, um, Christian churches being bulldozed down, people being punished for their faith, having to be registered through the government. What she has done is she is, is basically singing about faith themes. She has a new album out just came out. It's called Revelation. Um, and it's based on what she's described as a supernatural experience um, that she had. And again, 14 songs on that album, the latest one, Gloria, not only are the themes of the song, you know, faith related, there's language that's borrowed from scripture, but the music video shows her basically going from darkness into light. She's in this desolate wasteland. And we actually have the video up on Faithwire and the story we wrote. You can watch it. Um, but at one point in the video, she's praying um, the sea parts before her. So you get the idea. This is somebody who is not afraid to talk about her faith on social media, but also to integrate it into music that's being sold potentially to millions of people in China. Yeah, this has got a great at the communist government's general disposition, which has not been friendly because they view Christianity as a threat to their rule. People will look to God as a higher power than them. And the communist government has never liked that. Do you think that's why this latest project is sort of getting this attention outside of China because of this direct challenge to basically to power? Absolutely. And, and I also think that this particular artist, Jem, she has come under fire in the past in China. Um, obviously, the Hong Kong situation, very fiery and difficult. Um, both sides of that issue have been sort of annoyed with her. At one point, she apparently prayed a few years back um, for Hong Kong, and she was put allegedly on this list in China of people who would be strictly controlled and monitored. Um, so the fact that she, even after that, pending that that's all true, is going out there and, and talking about these things makes it extra bold. Yeah, just because she's a star. Trey, we've covered this on the site several times, but remember the Chinese tennis star, Peng Shui, who went missing, 
and then kind of did a, essentially like a hostage video when she reappeared like oh no no i'm fine everything's great and it was clearly under duress and just being essentially forced to say these things that she's okay. And I guess that shows that this government is not above taking people in the spotlight and intimidating them and whatever they do behind closed doors, which I'm sure isn't fun. I mean, I would say, Trey, it's, it's brave because of what we've seen on these other stories as well. Yeah, it's kind of a conundrum when you see this story, like how has she been able to be as successful as she has been uh, when we know that the Chinese government will do this to anybody who is uh, opposing them? You don't have to be a Christian, uh, but certainly they do it all the more to believers. And we've also written at Faithwire and CBN News about the, the fact that the, the Chinese government is actively editing scripture uh, to take any scripture that could in any way contest their authority as the supreme authority, uh, which obviously Christ and, and his church is the supreme authority. So that kind of bucks against uh, communism and, and what the Chinese Communist Party thinks of itself. So uh, it's interesting to see that that is going on, uh, that churches are being demolished, uh, that you know pastors are being imprisoned uh, on trumped up charges that, of course, are, are not valid at all. Uh, yet she's been able, Jem, has been able to continue to share truth and to share scripture through her music. And I just think, wow, that has to be God's blessing, right? That has to be God's hand on her, uh, protecting her that she's kind of found, for lack of a better term, she's found a loophole uh, to get the gospel into these people's yeah. ears. Uh, if it's not through scripture, it's not through preaching, it's at least through music. Yeah, and I think it's a good reminder. We got to pray for people like her. And you are really in the face of the enemy at that point. In America, yeah, it's not socially cool right now to be a Christian. In China, there are, are real repercussions for speaking out about your faith. And so I think we just need to be praying as Christians. I mean, and this is just the stuff we find out about, guys. I mean, who knows what's going on outside of the eyes of the media over there? And that's one of the problems you'll see with all of these you know, persecution stories and watchdogs is that they will tell you this is only what we know. We don't know what yeah. else is going on. And I think that's a really important thing to highlight. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, Billy, thank you so much for uh, bringing us that one. It's it's certainly a, a convicting story and, and also an inspiring one to see somebody being bold about their faith. That leads us into our main thing, guys. Six months it's been since Russia invaded Ukraine. So where do things currently stand? Is one side winning over the other? And what what is the very latest? Well, John Stolness got the details from CBN's George Thomas, who, as I mentioned at the top, spent several months reporting live in Ukraine. So that is today's main thing. So, George, as typically happens with stories like this, the war in Ukraine has faded from the headlines quite a bit over these last few months. I know we're very interested and we tune in and we absorb all the minutiae of it until we get burned out. But in the meantime, while our attention has moved on to domestic issues and inflation and all that, the war in Ukraine has continued to wage. It hit the six-month mark this week. And I thought this would be a good time for us to get together and chat and kind of see where things are here um, in Ukraine. Have we reached a point of tactical stalemate between these two fighting forces right now? Look, I mean, I think what you have seen over the last six months is 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 a nation that is still standing uh, today. Uh, the, the the bright yellow and blue colors of Ukraine's flag, which they celebrated and honored this past week, in addition to remembering their independence that they gained from uh, the Soviet Union 31 years ago on August 24th, 
the, the nation still stands. Yes, uh, the Russians have managed to bite about a fifth of the country, uh, a chunk of the country in the eastern part uh, of Ukraine. But if you are to go back six months ago, the prognostication uh, from the U.S. intelligence, uh, from the Russian uh, uh, propaganda, uh, was that uh, Ukraine was going to fall within a, a three-day period, that the Zelensky government uh, would be, in essence, decapitated, overthrown, and that uh, a Russian uh, puppet regime would be installed. Well, here we are six months later, and uh, Ukraine still stands. And, and obviously, the, the battle continues. It will continue for quite some time. But I think the, 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 the amount of money and heavy uh, 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 equipment to missiles, to artillery fire, to all the, you know, everything that the United States, along with our Western partners, have supplied the Ukrainians over the last six-plus months has clearly um, uh, stopped what would have been a devastating uh, attack on on Ukraine six months ago. Uh, are the Ukrainians making uh, attempts at retaking land? Um, yes, somewhat. Uh, I think it's a back and forth that you are seeing. Uh, but clearly, the the amount of uh, weapons flowing into Ukraine, the amount of money that we have spent, that we've given the Ukrainians, 25 billion plus, the most any other country has given, has uh, held off uh, a complete Russian uh, takeover of the other country. And I think also what uh, what is also very, very, um, uh, I think very evident, uh, is what is different between Russia and Ukraine is the level of unity that you see today displayed in in Ukraine. What is different is that the Ukrainians, unlike the Russians, are completely united, like never before. And I think we continue to, you know, I continue to say this, and it sounds like a broken record, but when a nation is united, it is very dif- difficult to divide and conquer uh, a country. And, and so it is all hands on deck, as it has been for the last six months. The Ukrainians are completely united, unlike the Russians, who continue, even though they may not publicly say this, uh, and go out on the streets uh, as they used to before, and they got arrested for it, uh, but they are not united. And they are asking the question, why are uh, our men coming back in body bags by the thousands? Uh, why is our economy uh, f- feeling the effect of, uh, of, of a global sanction uh, against, against our economy, against our political leaders, uh, against us as Russians? They're asking those questions. And so, uh, six months on, uh, you know, I, I think uh, you know it's 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 clear that the Ukrainians are fighting for their territorial integrity, and at the end of their day, they are continuing to fight thirty-one years later uh, for freedom. The Biden administration, George, announced this week a new three billion dollar aid package to Ukraine that would send fresh military hardware there. How much longer do you think the U.S. and the West can continue to fund Ukraine's war effort to that level? Well, if you hear the rhetoric coming out of the White House, uh, it, it, this is this is a long haul commitment. Uh, that is what the administration is saying, uh, has telecast to Moscow. Uh, and uh, and to our Western allies that this the United States is in in this for the long haul, uh, because I think they realize the consequences of not 
doing so uh, could be potentially catastrophic. And and uh, the, the United States has to play that part. It knows that it's making an impact. Now, granted, you know, they're, they're trying to walk this fine line. Do we want to give the Ukrainians the kind of long range military capability that the Ukrainians have been begging for? over the last six months that would allow the Ukrainians to hit Russian positions 50 miles out. You know, right now it's between 25 to 30, 35 miles, uh, mile radius. They want the long distance, uh, heavy artillery that would allow them to really uh, strike uh, into, into Russian positions. Now, having said that, you see over the last couple of weeks, I tell you what, my goodness, they were able to well, the Ukrainians are uh, are not publicly acknowledging acknowledging this, but they were able to hit deep uh, in inside the Crimean uh, territory, uh, the Crimean Peninsula, which is a strategic uh, peninsula that right on the Black Sea, which they annexed uh, eight years ago, and for them to hit deep into that that territory was very very. Uh, that was a bold move. And we're seeing even just in the last few uh, days, uh, Ukrainians beginning to hit uh, behind Russian lines uh, in the Donetsk and the Luhansk region. The question is, they can they keep this up? In my assessment, not not right now. They cannot sustain this long term um, because they don't have the manpower nor the uh, the heavy machinery, the heavy um, um, uh, weapons that they need in order to sustain a, a counterattack. So I think what you're going to see in the next six months is this back and forth. Uh, the Ukrainians, the Russians take some land, the Ukrainians push back. I mean, like right now, for example, you know, the, the anticipation was that the Ukrainians would be able to launch a major counteroffensive against Kherson uh, in the south uh, and maybe some in the east as well. They have yet to, to do that, uh, but I think that's going to happen. Uh, when is this going to end? Well, if you listen to Volodymyr Zelensky, the president of Ukraine, he says, you know, earlier on in the in the offensive, it was all about Ukraine wants peace. Well, right now, as he said on the anniversary of their 31st Independence Day, he says we want victory. And mm-hmm. in his eyes, victory is not only reclaiming the territories, complete territories of Donbass, Donbass and Luhansk, which were annexed, which were gobbled up 2000 in 2014, eight years ago. But he says Crimea in addition. Now, that's that's obviously, you know, that's that's long term. It's not something that can happen overnight. But you sense again from from those who are part of the battlefield uh, deployment that this is going to be a a long slog uh, beyond six months, maybe a couple of years. Well, and and that kind of leads me into my next question, because uh, the Russians announced on Thursday that they were going to be adding more than 100,000 troops uh, to the to the to the fighting next starting next year. And um, that's the question I'm left with. How how does this end? Does does this end with Ukraine kicking Russia out of their country, which is what you just said, President Zelensky seems to be indicating is what he wants now out of out of this war. Does it mean Russia pulling out because of some kind of internal political issues with with Putin, a coup, mili- massive military um, resignations, that sort of thing. I mean, or, or triggering a world war. I mean, that's the worst case scenario. Of course, Russia escalating this thing to a point where everyone else has to get involved militarily. I guess it, it's 
I may be an impossible question to answer at this point, but yeah. that's what we're all wondering. The end game here. How, how does this end? Because it doesn't seem like there there is a an exit ramp here. Yeah. And, and the truth of the matter, John, is that uh, uh, both sides are not going to capitulate. Right. I mean, it's they, they have dug in. Forces are dug in. They've dug in their heels. And this is, you know, both sides, you know, for for Ukraine, it's uh, it's, uh, you know, it's the complete um, uh, restoration of their territorial integrity for the Russians uh, to pull out uh, would be a massive uh, humiliation. Uh, And so, I mean, who knows? I mean, I think the reality is that both sides are dug in and they're not going to give up. Uh, And uh, and the fact that the uh, that uh, that Putin uh, has ordered a, an extra 137,000 uh, troops by by next year, I, I think is indication. Look, they've lost, hemorrhaged uh, thousands of troops who have either deserted or who have been killed on the battlefield. Uh, and um, uh, now the, the key is, the question, of the reaction between now and next year, early part of next year, is how are the Russians going to respond? Is this a mobilization? Does this mean that Russia has mobilized uh, it's uh, conscripts to to sign up, and they need to come forward. How is the Russian population going to respond to this in light of what they have experienced the last six months? Uh, but to answer your question, I mean, who knows? Uh, the the reality is that on the Ukrainian side, and also along with uh, the United States and Western uh, partners, uh, they're not going to give up. Uh, I mean, I mean, you know, it's taken them. It's taken the U.S. along with Germany, the U.K., France and Spain to come around. It's taken them a while, but now they're in it. Uh, We're all in it. Um, The United States is fully committed and uh, they'll continue to uh, pump uh, as much money and uh, military hardware into the conflict to make sure that Russia doesn't continue to take more territory. George, last question for you. How is the church continuing to help people caught in the middle of all this? Yeah, you know, six months later, they're still there. I mean, my my sources, my contacts from Kiev to Kramatorsk to even Mariupol, uh, that's now in complete Russian territory, uh, in, control, in their control, uh, to Lviv, to uh, uh, Ternopil, all across Ukraine. The church is very much active. Keep in mind, it's a church that is primarily made up of men. Why? Because the majority of the women, the children have all fled to neighboring countries. And so uh, it's a unique uh, a time of evangelism of going to the front lines to deliver aid, going to the front lines to rescue people who continue to be trapped in some of these frontline towns. Uh, maybe they weren't able to get out. Uh, so they continue to do the work uh, of the church, and they're right in the thick of it, uh, ministering to those who are hurting, ministering to the injured, uh, and uh, and also then ministering to the women and children and the elderly who have crossed, uh, cro- you know, crossed into Poland, into Slovenia, Slovakia, Romania? The church continues to play its role, uh, and it's it's really uh, uh, just a wonderful picture of, in the midst of these very very difficult and trying times, the church in Ukraine continues to shine uh, for uh, for the world to see and uh, to honor the name of Jesus Christ. Well, even though our attention may wane, the war continues on, and George Thomas and the rest of our CBN News crew will continue to cover it and report on it. George, thank you so much for joining me today. You're most welcome. Thanks for having me on, John. All right, John, George, thank you so much for breaking all that down. Obviously, important information there. This That's a story that the media has just 
it's incredible how they were, it was just everyone's flags were Ukraine. And then all of a sudden, just after a couple of weeks, it just kind of went away, just sort of vanished. So thank you for bringing the latest to us there. And that leaves us with time for one last thing, guys. And there is a argument going around that Christianity is literally built on forgiving debts. And yet so many Christians are complaining about President Biden forgiving debts. Guys, what's your response to this? <sighs> Sorry, that's my first response. Um, you know, I, I think that there's no comparison between Jesus dying for humanity and having a gift that you have to receive, right, in order to be saved, that this amazing gift is there and putting the nation $500 billion potentially in debt and disabusing everybody um, for the sake of a few. Now, look, I, I'm sympathetic to the situation people are in, but this is apples and oranges. I think... Yeah. It's very, it gets very tiring in the faith world to have people who don't understand Christianity lecture Christians about right. it. And they don't um, want, and so yeah, that's what this is. yeah. And they, and it's not a good faith point because it's not like the people, most of the people making these points want Christian beliefs and values to underpin America's laws. They don't want that. They're just doing it as they think it's a mic drop that we're caught in some sort of hypocrisy here. But as you said, it's apples to oranges. You know, you're not asking me to for, forgive someone else's debt. What you're doing is you're taking someone else's debt and then telling someone else to go pay for it. I mean, that's that's they're not the same thing. And one more thing, I'm sorry, and letting wealthy people off the hook, the colleges right. and universities are the it's completely un, unbiblical, actually, when you break it all down. Sorry. <laughs> right, Trey. Well, truly, it's just a comparison that's not even it's it's not even worth entertaining <laughs> there's yeah. no there's no merit to the comment but it reminds me of uh, of the same kind of claims uh, that the people who want nothing to do with the lord right the people who want nothing to do with christianity always seem to want to lecture us christians but uh, one of the things that they talk about is love right well we have to accept love is love because jesus is love it's like no you don't know anything right. about what love says or what scripture has to say uh, about what love is and love you know to love the lord is to be obedient to scripture uh, so I, it just seems like none of it really is is hardly even worth entertaining, but it is trending. So we right, should talk that's, about it. And that's what I was going to say is that, yes, I agree with you. The points are so they're getting so ridiculous. But when so people many people see this it. and they buy into it, if we don't have an answer for these things, you haven't even thought of a how to respond to it because they should be self-evident things that are so obvious, like questioning what is a woman. Like you, It shouldn't be something you've even had to think about explaining before. But I do think as Christians... We are going to start having to rehearse answers to very basic questions because yeah. very basic truths are under assault right now. Well, it's opposite day. We're do you remember opposite day as a kid? <laughs> yes, oh, yeah, hey. day, opposite day. I mean, that's literally every day now. And so you have to try to figure out, and we have to do it with grace and with love. Of course. But, we, but with the truth, you cannot, you cannot compromise the truth. And I think... This whole my truth, your truth is what has landed us in in all of yeah. this. It's diabolical. It really is. It is. Yeah, all right. Absolutely. All right, guys. That's all the time we have for this week. We've we've made it through the week. The quick start challenge. You listen to this podcast, you get through your week faster. It's just, it's science. Don't question it. All right. That's all the time we have for this week. Head on over to cbnnews.com, faithwire.com for more news from a Christian perspective. Lord willing, in that creek don't rise. We will be back here on Monday. God bless. We'll see you then.